Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. Albany, Georgia artists, Mass Appeal artists, new EP just dropped, Devil Never Even Lived. Yes, sir. He's Cantrell, and I want to welcome him to the Library of Timonico. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Hey, great meeting you, man. I uh, really enjoyed the new album. Um, um, so, for, I mean, you know, you say Albany, and for me, I'm from New York, so I'm going to say yeah. Albany, New York, right? But no, it's Albany, Georgia. Yeah. So, what is, I mean, for people that don't know, what is the Albany, Georgia hip-hop scene like? What is it like now? What, has, what was it like when you were growing up? Um, it was amazing when I was growing up. And it's getting back to that space. It's just a lot more out there now. Just like, I mean, just like any other climate of music. You know, like you had your guys that, a couple of guys owned a niche at one point. And then now in this, I guess what they call it, the new golden era, like we have so many artists. It's, it's the same thing, like... We had it's kicked off with Phil Mob, I think, um, as far as hip hop goes. Uh we had guys like Big Nod, um, Dark Brown and Drew, Therapy, um, Randy G. We had a lot of, you know, um soulful and street guys. And that was really it. It was either soulful or it was street. Um, but it was all inspirational, just watching those guys hustle, grind, you know, and get after it every day. And uh yeah, it was very inspiring nonetheless for sure. I mean, I know you have um Obviously, you have Atlanta near you. Yeah, uh, is is that's like the hub for the, the hub? Is I mean, is, is the situation with a with a I'm going to say a non Atlanta mm-hmm. MC, right? Is, is 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 how it works? Is that you have to maybe you have to leave Albany, Georgia, to make quote unquote make it, or can you do enough? You think within Albany, I Georgia, think it's a balance of both. I don't think you have to move. A lot of people think you have to move, and I think that's what's beautiful about um, my story. And building with Mischief Boy is I didn't have to move. I just had to move around and put my face in different places. So I had to put my face in Atlanta for like two years and perform there as much as possible to build a certain foundation. And eventually having to fly to L.A. with him and work with him for a month, you know, and or months at a time. And um, I think you don't have to move. You just need to move around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can make it being from Albany, but just sitting there trying to work on the computer like doing the twitter fingers or whatever what right. have you like yeah. it's not gonna work you know what i'm saying like you gotta get out you gotta move people gotta see your face like we're a small city we don't have resources we don't know what a resource look like if it slapped us in the face so you gotta move around man and i think that's what is a testament to what it's like to try to come out of that a city like that a small town when did you get into like i mean how i guess how how old were you when you discovered or even got into hip-hop and oh. you know rap like i mean were you quote-unquote late in the game or do you, you know no. was it from birth or yeah i would say from about from birth like my mom is a big hip-hop r&b and soul 
uh, woman. Um, so the other genres I found on my own later, but she was always playing Biggie in the house, always playing Outkast, always playing Goody Mob. You know what I'm saying? Those are like some of my the ones I can remember always being played in the house. Nice. Um, or like if it's guys next door. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always want to hang out with the cool guys that were in the hood with you. Like, you're the younger kid. They're the older guys. Oh, let me, you know, hopefully they'll let me hang around them and they're playing the same thing. So, um, I say real early, man. Um, and of course, trying to find my own way when I started trying to do music, trying to figure out, all right, how do I study this thing? Like, how do I get good at this? How do I do what the guys I was listening to did? You know what I'm saying? Why for you? I mean, you're you know you read up on you, you listen to your album, you listen to your just your discography, um, you know, watch your freestyle on Sway. Uh, you're obviously a very talented Thank you. person. <laughs> uh, why was it rap? Why like why do you think rap was your kind of calling? Ooh, as an art form, man. Um, I think that's an answer neither of us will know until all of this is over. To be honest with you, not to get all you know. Those answers, you know those answers that at a certain point in somebody's career, yeah. those are all the answers. You Every time they answer a question, that's the type of answer you right, right, It's right. like, dog, you're going to give me a parable with every answer? <laughs> Not to get too parably or parably. Um, yeah, I just think that's the answer. I don't think either of us will know why because I came in also as a b-boy and a skater. So it's mm. like, um, why wasn't I jam skating the whole time? Why wasn't that my initial calling you right. know what I'm saying like why wasn't that the engine why is rap the engine and skating and b-boying or other parts of the car you know like I don't know I just know it was my calling and I just know um, I was called to do it and I was called to move everything else to the side that would get in the way That's how I know <laughs> you, you talk about b-boying you talk about jam skating how, yeah. I mean how how do you think those how have how, how have those played a role in you your art in uh, art, your just your art. I mean, how do you? I mean, you 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 obviously take lessons yeah. from those, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, when you look at yourself as an MC, yeah. and you kind of look back to being a b boy yeah. uh, or a, a jam skater, yeah. um, do you have those? How do you think those have helped influence kind of who you are as an artist? Yeah, I think um, the confidence that it takes to be a b boy, um, and I don't say I don't mean confidence as far as like self esteem. You know, it's also uh, just the the tone that b-boys come with when they they represent that's the that's the thing you know what i'm saying represent uh like we were rocking last night me and a couple of other b-boys at the warrior um the cinemax premiere well it yeah. wasn't a premiere it was a screening but a couple of us started rocking and every time we walked over to each other hug each other hey way to represent way to represent way to represent representing is the thing so you represent yourself where you're from and your crew mm. and there's a confidence that comes with that and um in soundscapes, just learning how to appreciate different things. Like aside from b-boy, we know what that soundscape is like. But jam skating, it was mainly uh, southern bass music and EDM, early mm -hmm. EDM music. So if you were going jam skate, that's what you had to get into because that's what everybody's skating to. That's what the competitive soundscape is like. So just learning how to appreciate different things and it just opened my mind a little more. So I think I was, I think it prepared me to be able to take leaps and jumps and get out of Albany and try to move around because most people are scared to but I think that opened my mind enough early it's like oh I didn't have to leave the city yet to see there's something else out there mm -hmm. I was able to do it through music uh, when do you know you know you're from b-boying you go from jam skating you go to become an MC yeah. uh, 
I always joke that I've tried to write a rhyme, but I'm so <laughs> bad at it that I have not done that yet. But when did you know that you, this was it? Like this was like this was the the final part of the engine, I guess to say. Where um, do you remember kind of the lyric that you might have written, oh. or or uh, just kind of that damn I'm I'm great type shit? Um, man, I don't. I think it came in pieces. I think eventually, like I did, like a freestyle over um, Drake and Lil Wayne's Ransom record, and I was like, oh. I'm actually getting good, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we might be able to turn up with this. I was in college, you know, trying to move around, get my stuff off, trying to learn how to put music out online and things of that nature and promote it and whatever. And um, that was one of the times. Another time was I did a collab project with my brother. He's a producer also. His name is David Luke. And it caught the eyes of Ali, Ali Shaheed, the actor Romani Malco, yeah. um, and a number of other people. And I was like, oh, wait, we may able we may really be able to do this. But it wasn't until um, I was forced to drop out of college that I, it hit me like, oh, not only will I be able to do this and possibly be successful at it, but I'm meant to. Mm. That was when it was like, oh, this is the engine. And everything else just has to like work also, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. need your transmission. You need a gear shift and a steering wheel to, to drive. But without the engine, you know, but I think that's when I figured out I was an engine. When I was like, I figured out, oh my bad, God, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting my own way. Let me, right. you know, that's when I figured it out. What's the favorite right now? What's your favorite aspect of 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 being an MC? I'm gonna say performing because I get to connect with people, and at this stage in my career, I can walk out in the crowd and whole conversation as long as we want and um just hearing different people's how they connected or different people's story whatever they want to talk about that night that's exciting to me because mm -hmm. i'm getting the i'm getting pieces of these other cities beyond looking at them i'm talking to the people that live there or they're from there they're born there you know what i'm saying so that's i say performing is my favorite part right now so i, I want to talk about your just quickly talk about your, your your selection of music yeah uh you know you kind of uh um, you listen to your album and it, and I think I was telling you prior to our interview was yeah. how it's a diverse yeah. musical album. Thank you. Um, and even lyrically, it's diverse in, in that way. So, how how do you select album? How do you select music? How do you make sure that uh, it's not going to all of it's not going to sound the same? But at the same time, yeah. like you mentioned before, it's going to tie in in a yeah. way. I think um, it starts from feel for me, like. When I'm at my best at picking things, um, it, I'm, I'm picking off a feel. Like, it's something that I can't explain. That's why sometimes it's hard to explain what sound I want because I can explain the sound I want, but if it's not executed in a way where it strikes a chord with me, I have to search for some other things. Like, if I know a beat is hard, and I, I, I can see what I can do to it. I still pick it, you know, and I'll, I'll work through it. But it starts with feel. I can choose from feel, and I think... Like you said, having some diversity but tying everything together comes with just being authentic and genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, like as long as I'm being true to myself, um, as diverse as it can be, there are going to be some tying factors because it's me, you know, um, at the end of the day. Like, Mischief Boy can send me a hundred different beats, a hundred different styles, but as long as I'm being myself on them, there's going to be a tying factor in there, I believe, somewhere, just by default of me being myself. Mm. Yeah, I remember there was a... So, uh, you talk about feel. It's interesting. I, I remember I interviewed uh, 
DJ Newmark from Jurassic mm-hmm. Five, right. and he was just doing a years ago. He was doing an album with us, some good Trey from uh, Farside. Yeah. And I asked him, like, how do you pick... A little flex right there, but... Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I got to pick the names off the floor. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but it was interesting about the feel because it, it kind of reassured um, in a way of, like, when, for example, if I'm producing a yeah. podcast, um, he talked about how... Like, I was like, how do you know this song is going to do... You know, how do you know... How do you know this speech should work here? Mm. And he's like, it's about feel. Yeah. It's like I'm producing a song and then, like, hey, I wasn't playing on it, but this frog sound you know work, yeah. you know that type of stuff so yeah, it's interesting yeah. to talk about um feel you uh w- yeah he does it too like not even just me as a, as the rapper like there'll be sounds he'll tell me later sometimes he'll tell me yeah uh you didn't hear it but i did this i added this from these other beats and i tucked it mm. and it's like oh so that's why that felt you know like yeah. he does it yeah. as a producer no, too. It's all, no, it's it's a second it's, producer so it's like you know it goes on both sides but my bad continue no no no, no, no. <laughs> there was nothing there it was like, I, um so obviously you're, you're you're part of Mass Appeal. Um, tell me about the uh, the Mass Appeal starting five tour. Oh man, um, we say it's the realest rap tour ever because <laughs> it was just so hip hop, man. Like we're freestyling every day. Um, even some of us that weren't used to freestyling as much and as often around people, <laughs> right? You know, um, we're freestyling every day. We're connecting with each other every day. We're sharing our stories, our come ups. Then we're and we're just in the trenches together, and then we go out there and we give a hundred percent every night, whether it's five people or five hundred people in the crowd. Um, it was just amazing, man. It was some fun times. It was work, but it was worth it. You know, like that's what I believe work is. I don't think you know when people say if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Man. It's still work, right. guy. It's just worth it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it, it doesn't feel like it in the end. But day to day, you know, I mean, you know, like right. you can, it, it weighs down on you, but it's fun. Like you want it to weigh down on you. You right. know what I'm saying? I think all of us shared that on the road together. Like me, Esri, 070 Fee, Stro, um, and Fashion, the OG, like, and DJ Fresh too. You know, like we all shared, I think, that common thread. And I think that's why the tour was so amazing for us. Was there stuff that you learned about yourself as a, kind of a, <laughs> an artist that you didn't really realize before yeah i didn't know um i knew i had this thing that i can i can turn it on when i get out my own way i didn't know i could at that level um like we're coming off the top i didn't know i could tap into that mm. that way you know what i'm saying to that extent i didn't know that um i knew i love performing but i didn't know i would fall in love with it again that way i that's thought awesome. i would just love this i I love to perform, I'm, and that's what I'm going to do. I didn't know that I would hit a new level with my love for being on that stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, what else did I learn as an artist? I don't know. There's a lot. Of, I'm still processing it, right, too. Right. You know, so it's like, I guess we can live with those two for right now. Uh, you know, obviously, when you think of Mass Appeal Records, yeah. uh, you think of Nas. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what influence... Did Nas have on you as an artist, kind of growing as a kid yeah. growing up? And you talked about your mom playing all right, these records. Right, right, right. Um, I got on Nas later, as far as like growing up goes. I think I um I didn't really get a chance to dive into Nas records until um, college, early college. Um, and that's what a lot of artists that I, you know I found to you know put in my playlists or what have you you know what I'm saying whatever you want to iPod 
I don't know, Walkman, whatever Something, it was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, as I always knew uh, his legend, I always respected his legacy and his legend and what he did. I just didn't get the dive, the deep dive until then. And I think what I carry from that was um, painting a picture, a vivid picture, bringing people to into your world where you're from. You know what I'm saying? Like him being able to make people feel like they're from Queens mm -hmm. in some way. You know what I'm saying? Like just, yeah, yeah. oh man, right. I, it's like you can smell the things he's talking about. Right. Um, and storytelling, like painting vivid pictures and storytelling and making, bringing people to your world, even when you can try to appeal to uh, people outside of where you're from. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the main things I got from him because I think he's probably one of the best at it in music to me across all genres. So, I say that's the main thing I got from him. Mm. I want to turn to some of your music. Uh, uh, a quote about older <laughs> EP, uh, Stardust Angels on yeah. the uh, the track OMW. Mm. Um, I might butcher this, so oh. I apologize in advance. It's all good. Man, Go for uh, it. You spit, uh, they, they say the eyes are the windows of the soul. Mm. I've been looking out these windows, pain, searching for more, pondering on these things I never told with the fear of my lone name they'll never know and frankly the small town thing is getting old I've been trying harder and harder to break the mold mm. battling with who I who I want to be and who I'm, so I'm supposed to be I gotta kill one or other for me to grow um, mm. can you talk about the meaning behind these lyrics but more particularly two, two lines yeah. uh, frankly the small town thing is getting old and battling with who I want to be and who I'm supposed to be mm. who do you want to be and who are you supposed to be um I think I'm trying to be now who I'm supposed to be. And I think that just comes with acceptance. Um, accepting your calling, accepting your purpose, and finding what that purpose is, I guess, first and foremost. Like, searching for that light inside and um, figuring out how to let it shine. Um, who I wanted to be was this kid that could just push all his other talents to the side and make people focus on the fact that he can rap. Mm -hmm. But who I was supposed to be was the rapper that used to jam skating as a b-boy. The rapper that loves to go to the skating rink. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can drop bars on the radio, but he's going to skate with the kids, too. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, just not... I wanted to be... Um, I wanted to put those things in the in the back seat. Um, but who I was supposed to be was bring them to the forefront. To And, you know, maybe there's a kid that's like, you know what? I didn't know other rappers were doing this. Most rappers... I want to do these things too They open up a business Or they start a clothing line Or they get a liquor mm. um, Kids need to see something else mm. To know that Oh There's a whole world of stars out there You know right. what I'm saying Like you really don't realize How many stars are in the sky Until you look up And the sky is clear I guess I just was supposed To clear the sky oh, For some kids You know what I'm saying That's so yeah. um, Turn to your The new EP uh, Devil Never Even Lied uh, Quickly What's, what's the Live. I am sure. fucking not even nah, speaking but no, I see, and English today. I, I like it. I'm I'm starting to like when that happens because there's another component to that too. You know, like it's what you would call an oxymoron or a paradox. What would you call it? To say that the devil never lied and he's the biggest liar of them all. Like right. I think is I'm starting to like when that's it's said like that because like oh, okay, yeah, okay. Let's, let's play with that too. But yeah. Uh, let me just talk about the meaning behind the title uh, yeah. the correct title not the one that I'm butchering <laughs> Devil Never Even Lived um, first off uh, should we uh, yeah yeah okay cool so first off um, it's a palindrome and that's intentional I'll say that 
and it's been dope to see people figure it out like early too it's like oh man that's a crazy palindrome and now they're like trying to figure out why and um but devil never even lived it's i think it speaks to what you go through is not who you are but mm -hmm. it helps shape who you are like if someone's battling with depression or anxiety or they're, they're, they have these other vices they're battling or they made bad decisions here bad decisions there they're not those things like you're not your sadness you're not just your happiness but those hills and valleys they do help shape the person that you come to be today mm. and that's what the title is and that's a, essentially what the backbone of the entire project is uh -huh. for uh, on the track uh, Memories Never Die yeah. you spit uh, I lost my voice I'm the voice of the city I got it back I'm a natural treasure uh, you, you know you read that lyric mm. and actually the, the entire verse and you realize like you put a lot of pressure on yourself <laughs> it seems I mean you know do you, like how, how much pressure do you put on your city do you put on yourself to represent kind of where you're from um, I think it's give and take so I think the in the way that I see myself and how I want to be is where I put the pressure on myself like always striving to be greater and be better than I was before but as far as the city that's more of me just a acceptance accepting that calling and accepting what my purpose may be um and like as far as like I lost my voice and I'm the voice of the city like I literally in a sense had lost my voice at one point um I had some vocal cord issues that I was like battling through and by the grace of God, I came through, and I was able to turn around, make this new project, um, go on a tour for 30 days and be fine, come back through South by Southwest, come back, talk to you, and feel great. Yes. But um, that literally, that's a literal flip on something I literally lost. And um, and like I, that was one of the things I was afraid, man, in a sense. I'm like, yo, like, what is going on with me? Like, why is this happening? I'm supposed to be doing all this, like, am, how am I going to do this? And this is going on. Right. That yeah. pressure. But that's me um, just knowing my purpose and what my purpose may be and finally accepting that. Um, but, you know, they say, uh, Michael Jordan, you didn't want to give him a challenge. Because if you did, you know, you were going to get the beast. Right. But it's better to just be quiet. Let him rock, you know what I'm saying? Let him get his quietly, but if you give him a challenge, he he going to drop, you know, you're going to get a flu game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he, he loved those challenges, and I think um, I do too. So, um, in real life, I guess when I think about it, the pressure kind of gets heavy, but when the lights come on or it's time to practice and it's time to go into training or it's time to go play the game, um, it's, just, it's just another challenge that I... I welcome and I accept. Does emceeing, uh, does emceeing bring more challenges to you that you are not willing to accept, mm -hmm. but that you know you're going to rise above than going back to b-boying mm -hmm. um, or even jam skating? I mean, yeah. You know, you know. I mean, does it kind of like? I feel like that challenge, like you're able to. Mm. reach into some part of your artistic brain that yeah. is not there yet and pull it out i mean is that is that do you think that's the case with mc i do i really do like i i can see it even when we're like we're doing press runs or whatever and i have to um and it's time to rap for instance like um being able to pull lyrics out of thin air in between what i may have written or have written like for cypher versus what have you like yeah just seeing you know just being nervous about that 
ahead of time because I'm a performer. I want to perform well no matter where I'm at. Even talking to you, I want to be articulate. You know, I want to get my ideas out the way they are intended. I want to give you what you want, what you need. You know what I'm saying? So that pressure, come back to pressure again. But it's like seeing it happen lets me know, okay, if I just do these things that I, like you said, going back, if I just do these things like I did in football, if I prepare the way I did in football, if I do this or I do that, I can overcome them. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I may be nervous about or afraid of or see that might be a challenge like it just reminds me that i can overcome it if i just do certain things mm. yeah for sure so i definitely go back into those tanks like when you have to turn it on and it's like okay what did i do to turn it on what did i turn on what button did i push which button is it because everybody has a button right right yeah it's just figuring out where's the button you know what i'm saying and when to push it i you know you in your music you talk about and talk about challenges or artists that are able to like you know who obviously are pushing their buttons and becoming incredibly um incredible artists uh in 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 the track uh memories never die you mentioned biggie nas and jay-z yeah uh and you talked about you already kind of talked about the influence they've had on you um what um if you were to quickly think of like one biggie song one nas song one jay-z song that kind of said to you yeah, this is this is my go-to song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What would those three songs be? Man, sheesh. Uh, Biggie song for me would be um, maybe, I'm going to try to mix it up. A Biggie song would be either, a Biggie song would be either You're Nobody Till Somebody Kills You or I'd go, uh, is it Miss You? Is it Miss You? Is that the name of it? Which one? It's got 112 on it. Yeah, oh, I miss you with 112 um, for feeling, like being able to like, okay, that's how I make people feel this. Strike mm-hmm. a chord with somebody that like way striking a chord with me. Jay-Z, I'm going to say The Watcher. Because nice. that's the one I would go to for like, oh, snap. All right, so this is, I used to practice that verse. Nice. That, so, you know what I'm saying? I used to practice that verse. What a Watcher too, on uh, Gift and a Curse. Mm-hmm. Um, Where I'm from is for me, for Jay-Z. Which one? Where I'm from. Really? That's like, I think one of the most incredible songs. Uh, in terms of storytelling. You yeah, know, yeah, In facts, terms of facts, like, facts, yeah, facts, storytelling. Facts. I'm just trying to mix it up a little bit. and um. No, but no, I'm, I'm yeah. you're right. I'm totally not. Totally, no, no, totally you're not. Nas, um, I'm going to give you a new one because I just discovered my favorite Nas verse. And it's on the Nostradamus album. Um, What's the song? Life We Chose? Yeah, the second verse yeah. of Life We Chose. Um, Because of the way he, again, to me, painted this picture of love and hate and the way he did it I was like okay I found what I think is my favorite Nas verse so painting pictures striking chords with feeling and um the skill those three things you said you discovered Nas late I mean you said you do you what was the first album you listened to by Nas was it Elmatic or mm, which one was it this is as far as diving in myself yeah I mean because I feel like the I want to say it was written. Nice. Because um, I think it was, I was listening to a Lupe interview, and he said that was his favorite Nas album. I thought, like, you know what? Let me dive in and see why. Right. Right? And then I was like, nah, it can't be better than Illmatic, though. So um, that's the one I dove into, like, oh, let me study this. I knew Illmatic. So it's right. like, can't be better than Illmatic. It's an Illmatic, again, diving in. So, you know, it's just different when I'm diving in and when I listen to it in passing. And I was like, you know what? 
it was written might be my favorite Nas album. Right, right. You know, yeah. but I don't know if that's because I dove into that first or what, but yeah. Because I feel like there's a, the, um, so I mean, for me, Illmatic was the first Nas album I heard. And then mm. I think for a lot of people, we, you know, we put Illmatic yeah. up there. Yeah. Way, you know, and As it should so be. when anything, but when anything else came out by him, we're like, oh, fuck, that shit suck. You know, like, <laughs> even though in yeah. hindsight, it was written as a great album. Right. Um, so, you, you know, you, obviously being mass appeal artists yeah. being Nas label um, if you if you look at that the the Illmatic yeah. example um, when you go into any of your albums mm -hmm. how do you do you look at what you did before mm -hmm. and set a bar that you're supposed to go over or do you even actually not not to say not care but yeah. do you you know do you just kind of like okay, that that was a different project now this is something else it's a little bit of both so like i do set that bar so it's, you know you always want your your next to be better than your, your what you did before in some kind of way but then learning after studying the game in, in some in a lot of ways that's impossible you know like um like you saying like you you said you might like it was written better than Illmatic, right uh, I, I, I do like Illmatic better than it was written okay. uh, because my favorite song is Halftime. Right. Uh, but I do think, but but you know, but when it first, when it was written and first came out, right, right, right. I was like, this is no Illmatic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, but you know, in hindsight, you're like, well, no, it's actually it was written as a great album. Yeah. You know. Like, oh, that's what. Yeah, I, okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so I miss. I yeah, miss, no, no. I misinterpreted. But so I use Lupe then. So like for him to say it was written is better than Illmatic, it's so hard for people to say to pimp a butterfly was better than Good Kid. Right. You know, and it's so hard for people um, to say um, in utero. I know it's not the first and second, but in utero was better than never mind. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? But I have a homeboy that he loves in utero. I'm a never mind guy. Um, it's hard. And you realize, like, at some point you don't want to put that kind of pressure on yourself. But at the end of the day, you do want to strive to be better. And I think that's just going always just being conscious of where you're at with it. And um, being conscious that um, it does need to be different. You do need to do different things than you did before, but at the same time, be yourself. Um, so it's a little bit of both, I think, for me. Mm. Yeah. The track uh, "Roses" off the EP. Uh, it, it's it really when I listen to it, and I listen to it like five times in a row. Uh, it was really, really a chance to kind of invite your fans and even listeners that don't know you into your life. Uh, it's a very heavy and also emotional track. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little about this track? But what does what does this writing process do for you, with especially something like this, uh, mentally? And I work backwards. The writing process, writing something like "Roses," was therapeutic. I faced some things that I didn't know I needed to face. Um, I didn't know I had s some fear still. I didn't know the things I was saying in the towards the end of the second verse, and um, it's just therapeutic for me. It let me get some of those things off and face them, like look at them dead in the eyes and accept them. And then, um, on the other end, I was able to reface them when I recorded. Um, I cried writing it in the studio. Um. We recorded it later. We tracked it out later and cried again. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's very therapeutic. And it's, um, man, 
What was the first part of the question? Because I'm thinking about all the memories, so it's like I lost the first part of your question. Um, just, uh, it was, I mean, no, exactly. I mean, you talk about, uh, talk, about, talk about the track, but also what did the writing process do for you? Yeah. Um, my bad, too. It's just it's a heavy record, and I'm like reliving a lot of stuff, but this time with a smile. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's very therapeutic, you know. Um, and the record, Roses, is just, is, I think the background of the title for me came from when my, not my biological dad, but my pops. And when I was rapping about in the, uh, the second verse, uh, you know, usually when you go to a funeral, you pick up the rose, you lay it on the casket. Mm-hmm. We picked up our rose, and they were like, this is for all his kids. This is his last gift to you. So even after his passing, he found a way to give us our roses while we can oh, still smell them. It's amazing. And so basically all I wanted from whatever people feel from the record, I also just wanted them to realize, you know, it's important to give people their roses while you can. And even if you can't, it's still important to give them, you know, because um, somebody, energy, you know, it just transfers. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really doesn't really die right um so some somewhere something can feel what you're putting into the universe so um yeah it's just important to get people their roses man whatever else people take from the record that's what they're supposed to get but i just wanted that to get cut through too so that's good because to to, just i hate when people say to be honest but (laughs) to be honest uh when i first saw the track title roses i actually thought i was like oh i hope this is a track about uh giving people their roses whether you know right because that's the whole thing right it's yeah. like we always wait till they're dead to give them praises mm-hmm. um in your album uh you, you, you there's a voice and it's the voice of your uncle yeah uh what uncle mike uncle mike what who is uncle mike and who how is does, uncle mike and how does he play what is he playing what role does he play in your music uncle mike is uncle mike man <laughs> <laughs> uncle mike is uncle mike he is him you know through and through <laughs> <laughs> uh, what role does he play in my music? Thinking about who Uncle Mike is, um, I say a very important role. Plays a very important role in my music because he plays a very important role in my life. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uncle Mike. As <laughs> as far as I think we can go, Uncle Mike. <laughs> um, you know, you have this a complete EP. Um, Uncle Mike really plays a very important role in your life too. You just you know, haven't figured out yet. Haven't figured it out yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> man, Uncle Mike play a whole role in this whole thing, man. This whole thing we call existence. <laughs> Uncle Mike, man. Uncle Mike ain't never lied. <laughs> All right. I tell you who he is. Off, you know, oh, off the record. Yeah. Um, lastly, uh, you know, you look at your EP. Um, what do you think? Well, two questions. What track do you think that best represents kind of the purpose behind this album? But also, what track represents uh, where you are as an artist? Um, the I say the track that best represents the purpose of the album would be Way Back. Nice. Because um, it takes you back before this point. Stardust to Angels was a bookmark of my, my life ages 26 to 27 really in those experiences how they made me feel how I processed them this was going back before then um and showing you how the person I came to be was able to make Stardust Angels mm-hmm. like this is me for people that knew me or were my fans before 
they get a deeper dive. People that never knew me, they have something to latch on to. And I think Way Back um, is a great representation of that. Um, artist I am now, what would you say, like, know it's wrong, full letter word? Yeah. Because we found some things yeah. in making those records. Yeah. Yeah. I say, ooh, which one, though? I got to pick one. Mm. Two could work. Two can work? Two can work. I won't, actually, I won't say four letter word. I'll say know it's wrong and understand. I'll say those two. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I hate to follow up with this, but. Oh, let's do it. Uh, okay, no, no, no. I, no I, I'm actually. I, it, um, <coughs> I got nothing. Uh, anyway, no. <laughs> um, so, what, what? I mean, what's next for you? What is the, you know, this is done. I mean, are you writing another? Um, are you already writing or thinking ahead to the next project? Or yeah, do you we're always take... thinking ahead to the next project. Always. I'm even thinking about backups just in case I need to do something else before that. But um, the goal is always to build to your your debut, your mm-hmm. thing. You know what I'm saying? So we've every artist knows what they want that to be. You know what I'm saying? Almost their whole lives, and it just evolves and reshapes over time but so we're always thinking about that we're thinking ahead on that now and um i'm also thinking about what i may have to do in, in between time like if we're not there yet want to do something else for fun want to do this want to do that whatever we may want to do just thinking of backup plans at the same time well i shouldn't say backup plans i should say just other other plans yeah just yeah. other lanes <clears throat> in this road for this journey that we on um what's also next uh i would love the tour at least one more time this year. Um, I think we will. I believe we will, I'll say. And just continuing to connect with people, whether it's um, like we're going to go live. I'm going to try to go live more on my IG. I don't know, just little things to connect with people, put more music out maybe here what, and there. What's the IG? Oh, my IG? Yeah. Oh, I am Cantrell. I know Cantrell. what IG is. Oh, facts. Oh, ins- yeah. My, my Instagram is um, I am Cantrell. Um, I don't know. I may try to take over other people's Instagram some days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know who would let me. I don't want to throw no names out there, but, you know, if you want me to take over your IG, I will. <laughs> not no regular people, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, not people like us, regular people. We need, like, Stussy, uh... Nike or Adidas, uh, <laughs> who else? You know, what's a what's a sh- Jordan Jumpman two twenty three IG account? You know what I'm saying? Holler at us, man. You know what I'm saying? We'll take over for a day. <laughs> you know, uh, who else? Who's another account? Take over y'all account for a day. It don't matter, what man. We take over a- everybody IG. If you got IG, let me take it for like a day <laughs> let me take it for a day but no, nah, man we just want to keep pushing content keep connecting with people and the end goal is to at least tour again because that's a big way I've seen to connect with people and mm-hmm. just get in front of people's faces and they can't escape you you know what I'm saying yes. yeah uh, UAP Devil Never Even Lived yes, uh, Artists Cantrell uh, Massapeel Albany Georgia uh, 229 Stand Up Thanks, man, for being on the library with Tim Monica. I've been appreciated. Well, no, I appreciate it, man.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.